Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, if you haven't heard about WebmasterRadio.fm's mobile app for iPhone and Android, you got to listen up. This is amazing. You can now get not just CEO Coach, but every Webmaster Radio show on your mobile device. Go to iTunes to download or the Android app stores. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on our new mobile app. Hope to see you there. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Music. And welcome to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music. This week, Ann Kennedy is in the air, headed to a conference in, uh, let's see, New Orleans. So we'll see her again next week. In the meantime, I have with me my guest, Susan Siegel. Uh, Susan was a former uh, CEO at the Washington Technology Industry Association. Several other creds to her name. She was a co-founder and partner at at Seapoint Ventures. Welcome back, Susan. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here again. Very cool. Tell us a little about the background for those who may not have downloaded the previous show. Okay. Well, just in a nutshell, I've had a long, very, um, I think, productive career. So very heavily uh, transactionally oriented as a finance uh, professional. Ended up in the venture capital industry in 1997 in Seattle, Washington, as Jillian mentioned. I was a co-founder of Seapoint Ventures, which was an early-stage uh, venture capital firm. It actually, Seapoint still exists. So uh, from there, um, I was really fortunate to be part of the Seattle Pacific Northwest uh, uh, ecosystem as it came up into its own post-Microsoft IPO and all of the good stuff that has happened here over the last 18 to 20 years. Um, as part of my give back for four years, I ran the state of Washington's technology trade association. And that also was, um, was a really wonderful experience in terms of spreading the net of just getting to see at a 30,000 foot level, all of the various technology, um, initiatives that are going around, uh, going on in the Northwest. 
So, Roy Cole, that's a great background. We're going to talk today about what CEOs should know before they ever walk into a venture capitalist. So let's start with how you know whether or not you're ready to walk into a venture capitalist. I've got a company. Am I ready for angel or am I ready for a VC? Well, I think that is a, that's a really great question. And I think it's a function of, you know, what your existing knowledge or relationship might be with, uh, with the venture capital industry. So certainly there are a lot of, um, early stage, uh, initiatives in which, there may be um, knowledge or relationships on a friendly you know, basis with venture capitalists that are willing to talk to you, even though you know that they are not yet at the point where your company might be developed enough to uh, be an investment target. So just you know, keeping them informed, staying warm. But those are, I would say those are rare. For the most part, most early stage companies don't have those type of relationships. So you know, that's ultimately where you're headed. So the question is, how do you begin that process even from the day you, as we used to, you know, jokingly say, fall out of bed with an idea? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and, there, and there are places to go to help you do that. So obviously there's the standard, you know, event-oriented mentoring sessions, and there's a lot of organized um, entities that are helping young entrepreneurs do this. But I guess, you know, one of the things prior to this um official launch your broadcast, Jillian and I were talking about is the listening, and that comes in a couple of different forms, right? So um, what you want to do is make sure that you are doing the due diligence, getting yourself ready ultimately to be in that in front of that audience uh, every bit as much as they would ultimately do due diligence on you, supposing they or assume that they are um, interested in investing. So that that due diligence um, consists of a lot of different things. You obviously want to uh, find out as much as you can about who would be your target venture capitalist, whether that's a, you know, a direct investment or getting a warm, friendly interview uh, as a starting point. But um, there, are, there are certain you know, key blogs that are places that you can stay current with what they are thinking, uh, obvious spots are Fred Wilson's blog, um, also uh, Tom, Thomas Tomas out of Red Point Ventures. People like this that really stay current and they blog every day, and it, they're just huge sources of information about what's going on in the industry. So, you know, all of that leads to understanding your target market. You really need uh, these young entrepreneurs, really need to understand where the mindset of these investors uh, are well before they, they get in the door because you don't get a lot of shots at this. You don't get a lot of repeat invitations to show up in front of these folks. So being prepared is a form of that I think is critically important. Cool. So we'll add some of these uh, links for folks that you would recommend people either follow on Twitter or follow their blogs mm-hmm. and that sort of thing over on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Again, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. So um, it makes sense that you would want to follow the folks who um, would be transparent in this ecosystem, get a sense of who's investing in what, uh, perhaps which venture capitalists would be good for you and so on. But what metrics do I look at in my own company to say I'm ready for angels or I'm ready for VCs? Yeah. Where do I start? So I think that the key there, too, is understanding the industry at large it, over and above just the individual investors. I think that there's a lot of places you can go to get data on you know, what is going on in the venture capital industry at large? And that would be, you know, maybe the Wilson-Sonsini quarterly 
Report or Fenwick and West or National Venture Capital Association. But I, but specifically to your question, I will say this: lots and lots of early stage venture capital firms say that they invest in conceptual initiatives. That's actually not true. If you really look, look, you know, kind of beneath the hood, it sounds great, but most. Most even early stage venture capital firms are looking for how close you are to revenue. And so that's a, that's a metric, a line of demarcation. And what is that revenue? Is that recurring revenue? Is that a one-off custom? I'm going to build a, an API for, a, for an organization or what? That, that doesn't necessarily count. So you're looking mm-hmm. for how close are they to some type of recurring revenue, which is right. obviously the scalability jumping right. off point. Right, right. Repl- replicable so, revenue. Can you do this right. again? Right. right. So that and, makes good sense. Yeah. I would agree. And I also agree that venture capitalists don't actually have the kind of risk tolerance required for early stage investment. Right. Um, you know, it's funny because that's the business they're in, yeah, but it's not yeah. the case. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because there's a lot of internal old jokes that are think statements, cliches that, you know, uh, venture capitalists are um, um, risk takers up until the time they write the first check. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah. agree. Um, I find the same actually with angels or angel groups, especially. Um, they don't actually have the risk tolerance in collection, if you will, in the group to invest in early stage companies. Mm-hmm. They ask the kinds of questions I expect out of venture capitalists around uh, early stage revenue, having already launched, done all of this stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, that's what we needed the money to get to so that we could go to the VCs. And the angel groups are asking VC style questions in order for them to write the check. Generally, I find that if you really are in the earliest stages, it's kind of a friends and family play, and you've got to make angels or even super angels your friends in order to get to the friend and family round. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. no, that is totally the case. And I will say this: if you look at if you if you're uh, involved with a lot of early stage companies, and you actually see what angels are repeatedly investing, and God bless them, because typically it turns out that they are the folks that have made a lot of money doing uh, successful early-stage companies. Now, unfortunately, there aren't enough of them to go around. So, you know, in our ecosystem, there are just some key players that I tell you, they, they should get, you know, gold stars, national exposure. I'm thinking people like uh, Rudy Godry, who was the, you know, in-house legal counsel at Facebook, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he is um, now part of the uh, angel investing um, kind of ecosystem in, in the Pacific Northwest, and I just read the other day that he's done, like, something like 60 angel investments over the last two years. He's the most popular guy in town, mm-hmm. but those folks, they've taken those, or they, re- they relate. Mm-hmm. They can relate to the early-stage entrepreneur, and they're not risk-adverse, um, and part my my presumption is part of what they do they do not simply for the you know the ROI that they are hoping for but really because they understand and they support the level of participation they want to give back to help companies get off the ground. So there's that piece of it. I would totally agree. And uh, for those very early stage folks who are still in conceptual stuff, or even if you've launched your alpha or beta uh, site, but have not really hit that replicable you know, recurring revenue stream type stuff, uh, you'll be looking for angels who kind of get your space. Uh, If they understand where you're coming from, you have a much better shot at this. 
We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about whether you're ready for VCs, what you should know before you should walk into a venture capitalist with venture capitalist Susan Siegel. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. On demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back. This is Jillian Music with Susan Siegel at CEO Coach. We're talking about venture capital. Everybody's mind is on venture capital when you've got an early stage startup. So our questions are, what should you know before you walk in that door? Now, we've talked a little bit about understanding the general echo space, right? And you're going to put some links on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. And we're also going to talk about uh, understanding more tightly your industry space so you'll know which angels or venture capitalists are likely to be investing in your space. And if you're really early stage, venture capitalists don't really have the risk tolerance to invest in you after all. So you're really looking even before angel groups. Usually you're looking for individual angels who know your industry and have some kind of a connection, an emotional feel, or somehow an experiential feel for what you're doing. That's all cool. Now, once you've gotten to the point where you're ready to walk into a venture capitalist, um, 
are there standardized decks? I always counsel folks to have a standardized deck. You know, that, you know, what's the problem? What's the solution? Right. Don't spend too much time right. on it. The money slides include. Do you feel the same way? Do VCs really look Yeah, like- I mean, you know, the standard rule of thumb is basically you don't want to get a deck bigger than 12 to 15 slides. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly, um, you know, I think that the areas in which uh, entrepreneurs typically gloss over things that would be really showstoppers if you weren't prepared to answer them in depth are the things particularly like the competitive landscape. I think that's always a really tough one because um, most early stage entrepreneurs, you know, they're, they're, the reason we love them, right, is because they're dreamers and they're passionate about what they've got. And Mm -hmm. they're certainly smart enough not to say there's no competition, but however, they don't really have a lot of the time to do the due diligence about digging, 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 because a lot of your competition, you have no idea because they're mm-hmm. also private companies, right. right? So having access to resources where you can ferret some of, some, some of that out is, is important. But yeah, but what I would kind say, of resources? What kind of resources well, would you suggest that well, we go after? How well, do you find a well, competitor problem, you don't yes, know? <laughs> yeah, that is the question because, and I, you know, I, I'm not trying, I'm not plugging companies here, but I will tell you this is really, really problematic because finding that information usually costs a lot of money, right? Because there are companies that do mm-hmm. nothing but track every single private deal in the world. PitchBook, for instance, mm-hmm. very expensive license. Most, oh, yeah. you know, private equity firms, venture capital firms are, that's Oh, really I've access. looked at it. It's amazing. It it's is amazing. It's totally amazing. It's and amazing. Yes, it's pricey. So how does so an entrepreneur, you, can't you have that. to, you, what you want to do there, and this is the whole thing about being um, incredibly resourceful, is that building the relationship with companies that have access to heavy data that can help you, mm-hmm. like whether that be your law firm mm-hmm. or you know, your best friend that works for one of these firms or whatever, but that's the, that's the scrappy entrepreneurial mindset that uh, unfortunately is extremely time consuming. It's, you know, in the beginning it's network with everybody. It's like leverage everything you hear Mm -hmm. in terms of who can help me get data, who can help me understand, you know, can I get this out of the the library? Does the public library in towns like Seattle, New York, et cetera, do, do they carry no, subscriptions to my, my, my knee-jerk reaction to that is going to be no, because if you think about public funding, they couldn't mm-hmm. really afford to sign up for the license. It's a very expensive right. license you buy every single year, year mm-hmm. in and year out. Uh, if you're yeah. a venture capital firm, mm-hmm. if you're a private equity firm, a hedge fund, whatever, you have what to have What about universities? It. What about something like uh, where we are in Seattle here, the University of Washington's business school or something, the Foster Business School? Could one go into that angle and find that sort of information? Uh, you know, that's a really good, I, I don't know the answer to that. It's a really good question. But again, my knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. to that question would be, I would be surprised. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if, if they had, if, it. Yeah, okay. if anybody under a tight budget um, mm-hmm. had that kind of thought. I mean, because, okay. you know, obviously entrepreneurship isn't pervasive across big right. universities. It's a, right. it's also a niche within a Okay, yeah. so the council is, yes, check your local uh, you know, uh, library, and yes, check your local university, but chances are you're going to have to network with folks. Make who, friends. Right, make, make friends, friends with high net worth companies <laughs> that yeah. can afford that sort of thing. Yeah. Right, so make friends of friends until you can find this kind of information that would be in places like PitchBook, which have deep information in private um, deals, if you will. They know those companies that yes. are those five bright guys behind you doing what you're doing 
doing and you don't even know that they exist, those are the people you're after. So the broader statement here is definitely get a good handle on that competitive landscape. Know what they do. Know how far along they are. Understand who really is a competitor. When you walk in to a venture capitalist, you sound like a fool when you don't know your own landscape and they will dismiss you. Well, the place you do not want to discover who your major competitor is, is in your venture capitalist pitch, right? And you see that all the time yeah. where the company is mm-hmm. blindsided by the court because they don't know mm-hmm. what they don't know. That's anyway, right. yeah. Yeah, and it's true. And these guys are really, really smart. It's true. I have seen that happen uh, with venture companies uh, who are pitching and somebody from the audience, if you will, both in a VC office and even in angel groups will kind of, you know, raise a hand or whatever or interrupt and say, and what about XYZ company? Uh, yeah, yeah, bad news. So be super prepared on that one. That's the listening piece. We, you had some real counsel around mentorship of early stage companies um, that you kind of shared basically around going to these yeah. events and so on. Share that for our audience. Okay, this is really important. It's one of my pet um, pet things. So what I see in these early stage entrepreneurs is you know they are they're killing themselves to get their idea off the ground and they're taking advantage of everything in an ecosystem um and you know you know Seattle Silicon Valley Boston all of these places have just unlimited numbers of um events and opportunities where you can go and get mentored by people in the in the community and these mentors are good people these are really people you want to be mentored by however what typically happens is these early-stage entrepreneurs go and get an hour of mentoring from an individual. And then they go to the next event and they get an hour of mentoring from a different individual. That These two individuals are giving them completely different advice, different directional, um, you know, uh, compass. And it becomes very confusing. And my advice always is if you're going to get mentored for free in a deal where there's you're not giving up equity or anything, you're trying to take advantage of what's going on in the ecosystem, seek out those scenarios in which the mentors are put together so that there's at least two people, if not three or four, at a in, in the hour session mentoring. Because where you really learn is when you see those mentors debating each other about your proposition and the nuances of your proposition. I've been in so many scenarios where you know, uh, I you know I have countered something that a a, a colleague of mine, a peer, a, a good mentor, has given direction to a company and said I you know I disagree, and then the entrepreneur, of course, the light bulbs going off and the antenna are going crazy, and you're mm-hmm. trying to get at the root of you know why are they disagreeing about this particular direction? That's where you really get insight into what do I think about this and what do I decide is the right. best thing to do? So try as hard as you can not to do the one-off mentoring. I, I just think it tends, it can be more disadvantageous than advantageous. Absolutely. Um, I have had a number of companies where I have mentored and I am their only voice. 
Um, they come to me and they say, you know, literally, you are my only voice. And I go, that's really bad news. We have to get you others. <laughs> um, it's, it's dangerous, as you say. I have one point of view. I have one set of experiences. I have one, you know, set of capabilities. There will be others who have other strengths, weaknesses, and even points of view around the industry. Yeah. What you're building, the marketing, uh, the KPIs you're tracking, everything. It's really critical to make sure that we talk together and preferably in front of you right. <laughs> because that makes all the difference. I totally agree. When counselors disagree and can argue the points, you get much deeper insight. And that's what you will be prepared for when you are um, ultimately venture-backed or institutionally backed and you have a good board because ah. a, a good board does not sit in a room and, and nod and agree with each other. A good board, yeah. you know, that's, it's the prelude to that. And right. I, yeah. So we're going to take a break at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to talk about boards, ah. Ah, whether they are an asset or a liability. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jillian Music at CEO Coach with Susan Siegel. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. And a pitch. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short-branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended... Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. You have made it to the Merchant Help Desk. We'll break down ways to succeed in your online marketing operation, SEO for e-commerce, legal issues, PCI compliance, and more. Merchant Help Desk, on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Julie, and I'm with Susan Siegel, who is formerly with the Washington Technology Industry Association and also with Seapoint Ventures. Welcome back, Susan. 
Thanks, Jillian. Okay, so we're talking about boards. Once you've gotten some funding, you put together a board. Uh, don't necessarily need a board of directors before you get funded, or do you? Oh, I think you actually do. And I will tell you why I think you do. Because you want to set standards from the very beginning that you are going to get the best people possible to help you. And I think if you have even one or two very head-turning, impressive board members, even as an early-stage company, when you go to get institutional investing, that's a, that's a check-the-box, that's a good sign. Okay. Right? So, so there is an expense, if you will, to a board of directors versus a board of advisors. Uh, in the earliest stages, even paying just directors and officers insurance can be a strain on a budget. Uh, it's, it's just a few hundred bucks, but... It's a big deal, and no director worth their salt is going to serve on your board of directors right. till they're sure you've got them covered. Yeah. So um, does board of advisors work when you start and say, basically, this is my board of directors in the wings. When I'm funded, this will happen? Well, I think that it depends on, you know, just the, the level of expectation and, and who the director is. You, 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 know, you see a lot of different um, makeups of advisors boards and ultimately boards of directors, but on the advisory side in the early stages, there are people out there that really believe, yet they, they, um, they, and they want to help, they're not, they're not prepared to write checks, so they're almost the, um, they're the opposite side of the coin of an angel investor, but mm -hmm. they give expertise. I'm, I've got a couple mm -hmm. of people in mind that are mm -hmm. just fantastic at this, and they take on one or two at a time, and they're running something. They're the CEO mm -hmm. of a major endeavor, but it is their form of give back. Mm -hmm. And so the expectation has to be set early on, both with the entrepreneur and the advisor, of what is the time commitment, what are you really gonna, going to do for me, and... Um, and I, you know, I'm on a couple of, well, I'm actually on a, an early stage company board. I started off on their advisory board. I'm now part of their board of directors. And as soon as they raised enough angel money, way before they'd even hit a million dollars, they were buying DNO insurance because mm -hmm. it was so important to get these people engaged. And having those people engaged just really helped them on the fundraising trail and right. helped them strategically. And they in. compensated their board directors with equity only, through equity only, totally and equity equity only. only. Yeah. Right. And, and I no, see the same thing no, happen. No early stage. You know, no, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of my consulting friends out there that are going to call me up and say, what are you, why are you, you know, saying this? <laughs> but I don't think any early stage company should be considering writing cash checks to an advisor or a board director. There's, a, you know, and you want to get people that believe and they, if they believe they will do it for the equity. That sounds reasonable to me. So the last takeaways here are get that board of directors in place as early as possible. Board of advisors, when you're making no money and have no money, and board of directors, as soon as you have even the few hundred bucks required for directors and officers insurance. And then go out and get the biggest guns you can because they will help you to raise that next level of capital. Right. Brilliant advice. Yeah. What's your hottest tip? Before we leave, what's your hottest tip for my, okay, our CEOs my, who are listening? My hottest tip is to, you know, with the right people, be vulnerable because there is so much about this industry that you don't know. And people make big mistakes early on because they don't know what they don't know. It is not a, it is not a mark of ignorance. It is not a lack of sophistication. It's a niche industry. And you actually, you don't go learn this in 
you know, business school, when you mm-hmm. get into it, when you decide you're going to start a company, this is where you start learning OJT, right? Mm-hmm. And so early on, when uh, entrepreneurs don't know what they don't know, they can actually screw their company up from the very beginning, even if it's the best idea that's ever come across the planet. And that is they can get too many angels involved. They can they can create cap tables and different, you know, entity structures that that most institutional investors won't touch with a 10-foot pole. It doesn't matter what the proposition is. They'll, they'll look at 150 angel investors, and they're done. That's it. Okay. There's no way. And, and the hundred, I mean, excuse me, the, the best ple- people to go and get that advice from, the entity structure, uh, you know, how to accept cash, whether you should have minimum investments, all of those kinds of things, to get that cap table in order, to make what right. we call that clean, beautiful clean, cap table, yes. right? And to, again, have an entity structure that uh, people will want to invest in, from the angel to the VCs. Right. Where would you find those people? Well, this, again, is about making friends early on. So a lot of the really great uh, law firms that um, work with early stage companies and I think you know they're the usual suspects but they're they're fabulous firms a lot of them do the the key attorneys will do mentoring and also mm-hmm. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't know that a lot of these law firms actually have special deals they structure for early early stage companies there's no cash outlay uh, it's it's you know they mm-hmm. they've got a certain pro bono thing they do. There's there's mm-hmm. terms that come in in the future if certain things happen. But if you you know in the end the structure of your entity is all about the legal creation of it. So if you can work directly with an attorney that's mm-hmm. ultimately going to be your counsel that's going to help you build this thing from the beginning and listen to them. That's the other point. Yes. You got to listen to them, right? <laughs> yes. Um, that to me, that's ideal, right? Because they are they are the closest to the fire. They're the source of the legal creation of your company and best practices and and all of that stuff. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm actually a very big fan of the big law firms because there are people in them that are just amazing. Sounds pretty good. So look for the best and the brightest. Make sure you're in really good hands super early on. Yep. In other words, don't build your small enterprise like a small enterprise. Build it like Perfect. a monster that you expect it to become. The IPOable company. You there start, you go. That's my mentality. I'm going to build an IPOable company. So, yes. Perfect. IPOable. I yeah. think we just coined a word. <laughs> Did I just make that up? You don't want to mess that one up. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jillian Music with Susan Siegel. Thanks again. It was brilliant to have you with us. Uh, hope to have you again uh, sometime in the future. You can find out more about this podcast at CEO Coach Podcast on Facebook. Again, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. We hope you'll download these shows through iTunes, through webmasterradio.fm, and through our mobile apps, both for iPhone and Android. Till next week, this is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.